Welcome to the Marketing and Other Markets podcast with me, Matt Moscat. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books and blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. Every episode, my promise to you is that you will leave with at least one tangible idea that you can execute on today. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our newest episode of Marketing in Other Markets. I am super excited today to be on the line with Stephen Ross, a realtor in the Denver, Colorado area. Steve is an incredibly talented realtor who markets the heck out of himself, but also is recently an author of the book Doors Open When You Knock. I know everybody out there's favorite way to market is door knocking, but the book is more than that. It's it's really some fundamentals in the way you think about marketing in, in real estate. So Steve, welcome, Stephen, welcome to the show. Great to be here. So tell me, Steve, Stephen, I, when we talked earlier, I, one of the most interesting things you mentioned was that most realtors and salespeople in general, I guess, are extroverts and you are an introvert, yet your book is about door knocking, which is is a almost a very extroverted activity. So, kind of walk me through how an introvert first came to door knock a hundred and twenty thousand plus homes, and then secondly came to write a book about it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I am I am by far an introvert, right? And that I've always been an introvert, and you know, part of the introvert extrovert thing is how you, where you get your energy from. And so uh, I'll be upfront, right? I've learned how to be with other people, you know, so I, you know, I, but it was a progression. So, but, but by my nature, I really am, I want to be by myself. I don't want to go out and talk to people. And I got into, you know, I'm the worst person to be a real estate agent, right? So I, as you already said, I'm an introvert. Some might say I'm antisocial. I don't work nights or weekends. I'm not online. I don't do open house and I don't do any parties because right? I would go against my first two statements. Well, I think, I mean, right from there, this podcast is going to be super helpful for anyone that listened to the last 10 podcasts we've done and didn't want to do the online marketing, open houses, parties and all that stuff. So I am, I'm already excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> and right. So the, that's all a given. And in my 17 years, nothing's changed. I still don't like doing any of those things. And, you know, but the, I think the thing to get for most people and, you know, the book, you know, not to, the book is not about door knocking. So if you want to learn how to door knock and most people do not want to, but if you did, don't buy the book for that not a step-by-step guide of door knocking. It does chronicle my journey of what it took to persevere in this business. And I did choose the path of going door to door. And uh, the reason I, I did that was by default is because I, I got my license March 15th, 2005. And my third child was born six weeks later. And so now I had three kids to feed in a commission only business. And because of all the things I already told you, I was now faced with how the heck am I going to feed these kids? And um, so I was faced with, and, and this is where people, you know, have to look for themselves. I was faced with a point of no return. I was either going to fail out of this business like so many people do, or I was going to find a way to overcome all these other obstacles. And 
I had a, I met a coach. He said, it's a simple business. Knock on heads. You know, it's a contact sport. Knock on heads, knock on doors, pick one. And, you know, as much as I do not want to knock on doors, the, this knocking on heads thing wasn't working. And so within the first few months of the business, uh, I started knocking on doors and, and, and my progression started from there. So and, I know the book is about knocking on doors, but like, I want to dive into that a little bit. So obviously being consistent with any strategy is the way to go. Pick, pick your thing, do it a lot. You do it 125,000 times. It's going to lead to some results. But when you were knocking on these doors, I mean, like, can you walk me through, you knock on my door. What are you saying? What are you wearing? What are you bringing with you? What does that look like? Just for anyone out there that's ever thought about door knocking until they realized they didn't know how to do it. As simple as that sounds. Yeah. Well, that, that's perfect. And just you know, before I, and I'll get to that in one second, I just want to preface with what I'm about to say is, you know, you and I had spoken before we, we decided that this would be a good fit on the podcast because going door to door is not really, does not occur like marketing to most people. It occurs like the worst kind of prospecting you could ever imagine. <laughs> that is what most people think of. It is most people's personal health. <laughs> yeah. And, but that is not how it occurred. That's how it started, but that's not how it developed. It really became the brand of me in, in being able to create relationships. And then, of course, any other marketing that I did leveraged the relationships I met at the doors. But going back to how, you know, the doors in terms of actually doing it, the, the thing is, it's not like, let me try it for a week and see if it works. You know, that just is going to be a waste of, of your time. And unless you have a specific need, like you have a buyer, which is very true in this market, I'm um, this recording, if you have a specific buyer that you need to find a property, door knocking is the way to go. And so let's just use that example because um, that would be the most prevalent reason why someone would go to the doors right now if they were listening to this. And so you want to go, you know, my advice is always, and I don't care which part of the country you live in with maybe some exceptions of you know, maybe some beach towns or desert resort areas. But either way, you want to be a professional. It doesn't mean suit and tie per se, but you don't go in a pair of pennies with holes and, you know, 20-year-old jeans and a nice t-shirt. I mean, you really got to look like a professional, in my opinion, because here's what's happening when you're knocking on a door. You were doing two things. A, you were trespassing, and B, you were interrupting their day. Those two things are true. And if you want to be able, at the moment, create any sort of credibility, right, from the moment they open the doors, look like a professional, look like a real, look like a realtor. Um, so that's the first thing. How you do it is up to you. I'm not telling anyone what their style needs to be, but you know for you what it means to be a professional. And then, Two, in terms of what to say, I mean, we could do three hours on that. So, um, you know, I think what you say depends on why you're going, but if you're going in this case, you know, you, what you what you want to do, you want to acknowledge what I've already said is to be true, which is, you know, you are trespassing and interrupting their day, which means they're not expecting you. And they weren't expecting someone to be asked if they know anyone who's moving. So, Depending on how you're going to go about it, the very first thing you say when they open the doors, you say with a big smile, hi, it's Stephen the realtor. 
you seem busy. It looks like I caught you at a bad time. And they say, well, and they say, well, well, yeah, actually, um, you know, I'm in the middle of, of, you know, I'm working at home, which is very common these days. Uh, Got it. What I have to say will take less than two minutes. And then I'm quiet. I love that because you're kind of prefacing them for what to expect. You're giving them an out. And if they don't take the out at that point, you have your permission to kind of go forward. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Okay. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're never going to knock on a door, this applies to all your other conversations, just as a heads up. Uh, so, so they say, all right, fine, go ahead. Now I know I can be done in two minutes. So I can, in fact, I can be done in a minute. So, I'm not asking, you know, I'm asking for more than I need and I'm setting the pressure and I'm setting an expectation of of when they're going to be done with me. And, and then I go into, you know, you probably have no real estate plans, which is likely true. And they say, that's right. And you probably haven't, uh, you probably don't have any real estate questions. And they often say, no, not really. And I say, well, great. You know, that's not why I'm here. You know, the reason I'm here is, I have a client who's looking to buy a home in the neighborhood, you know, under, is there anyone, or would you know anyone who's possibly open to selling their house to this potential buyer? Um, and so right then and there, right, that's, you know, a minute. And mo- if, they, if, if they don't want to answer that question or they don't know anyone or any of that, you can thank them very graciously for their time <clears throat> and move on. And right, super easy. I love that. So, do you ever? So, I know like a couple times when I've, I've gone door knocking in the past, or like gone along with uh, one of my realtor partners door knocking, we'll sometimes like we'll take all those no's that we collect. We call it like collecting our no's, and we'll say, "Awesome! Well, I just really appreciate your time, and I'm going to leave you with just a general uh, informational on what homes are selling for in your in your neighborhood." Because that way, oftentimes, like a lot of the leads we've gotten door knocking haven't been from like someone who immediately says. Why, yes, you're a realtor and I, I do want to sell or I do know my neighbor I can refer you to. But a lot of times it's a call we get a week later, a month later, in some cases, six months later, that's like, oh yeah, I found your card. I remember you came by, you dropped off some good information. Are you still a realtor? Do you still want to list my house? And then the deal comes that way. And I think the more you're doing, the higher the chances of that happening are. So I love I love your strategy for a thousand reasons, not just from the the words that you're that you're giving us. Right. Yeah, and I'm not saying yeah, I'm not even addressing you know whether what you should bring, not bring, or any of that stuff. But you know, in that particular instance, you know that's um, you know that's effective, and it's it's it doesn't feel icky because it's emotionally intelligent, it's respectful of their time. You're not trying to cram anything down their throat, and it creates uh, a level of it does create a little level of trust and respect. Yeah. And, you know, you know, when you mention the fact that you're, you know, you tell these clients, you tell these homeowners that you're going to door, like you're trying to help your other clients find a house that actually like I think psychologically there's more to it than that, because at that point you're telling these homeowners that you're going above and beyond for your existing clients. Right. Like you're not just the realtor who is waiting for a property to hit the already sparse MLS that's going to sell in 30 seconds because there's 10 million buyers out there. You're actually going door to door for your clients as like the service that they're paying for. And I think that alone speaks volumes of the work ethic that you have as a salesperson. 
And the more intelligent, the more I love the, the fact that you use the word emotional intelligence, because that's one of our company's core values. You're showing your value to an emotionally intelligent homeowner. And if, if they should be able to pick up on that, and that gives them an even further reason to trust you and to know that you're the guy that they should work with. Maybe, maybe they don't want to list that house. Maybe they have an investment property. Maybe they, they're about to help their, you know, parents sell a house. Who knows? But by showing that you're going that extra mile, that's where, you know, half the value is, I'd have to imagine. Uh, you hit it right on the head. So that's kind of the door knocking side. Um, I, I don't even want to know how many pairs of shoes you went through door knocking one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars houses, uh, one hundred and twenty five thousand houses. But you know, tell me a little bit about the book now. So doors open when you knock. Wh- what made you write the book? What was your impetus for it? And give us maybe like two or three of the best tips or takeaways that you could just to get people's uh, appetite wet to then go purchase it on Amazon. The impetus for the book is. You know, I felt like I had a, a pretty uh, privileged life. And I, and I say that uh, not because I accomplished a lot per se. Um, and although I was very fortunate when I was in you know, the family, I was born and I grew up in Southern California in a nice middle class home and I lived in Malibu, blah, 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 blah. Um, but my real estate business was very hard. And nothing came easy and nothing came right away. Um, and the fact that, that I got into the business in 05 and then the market tanked in 7, 8, 9, 10. And then I moved markets at the end of 08. So I started all over in Colorado. Um, so it was a long, 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 slow, slow, difficult ride. And which meant there was, although there were ups, there were lots of downs and lots of hard times. And I realized that no matter where someone is in their production, we all are susceptible to the troughs between the waves of business. And no one needs help riding the waves. But we all do well. You know, no, no one has any problems with that. It's, when, it's the in-between where we sometimes get off course. And I felt that this journey gave me, by paying attention and uh, sort of documenting the ride, you know, it was just by chance that I started keeping track of how many doors I knocked on in the very beginning, and I just never stopped. And then I never stopped knocking. So the fact that I sort of documented this journey by accident, uh, then realized I had there was a real story to tell to agents about really how to persevere um, in this business. And I don't mean persevere as in, you know, killing it, making millions of dollars, which is still great, but that's not the whole story. And so the book is really how to get through, you know, a worthwhile career in real estate. That's why it's, the subtitle is a handbook for boundless opportunity and freedom. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot, a lot to unpack there. But, you know, one of the first things I heard you mention kind of like dealing with the, the ups and downs in the business. And I think, you know, to clarify that for everyone out there, I mean, there's two types of up and downs when you're in sales, right? There's the economic ones that you can't control. That's the market tanking. That's there's more buyers right now than there are sellers. That's all that stuff. But then there's also the roller coaster that we self-impose on ourselves with our with our marketing and sales efforts, right? Like there's the when you put a bunch of effort in, you all of a sudden get a bunch of business and then you're so busy working on that business that your marketing goes down and the next month your business goes down and you're constantly up, down, up, down. Very few agents have a consistency there. 
So you take any marketing strategy, whether that's your door knocking, whether that's a hundred Facebook messages a day, whether that's postcards, handwritten notes, you name it. You do anything consistently that you can write down and monitor, and all of a sudden you can level off, you can time block, and you can ensure that you're going to get the same results month after month. And that kind of transcends economic as well as your personal factors. Um, but one of the and this is where, and this is where I'm a slightly, I'm a jump in just yeah. for a second. I'm going to be a little, a little contentious here. Yeah. The results are out of our control. You know, you said, you know, well, if you do all these things, you know, the results will happen in a month after month. And I'm going to say that that's not always the case, that the results are, you know, we as a realtor, we have no control when someone buys or sells. Zero, none, nada. There's nothing we can do to make people buy or sell. And although statistically the numbers average out over time, in between, you know, it doesn't mean if I knock on a thousand doors, I'm going to sell a house. I agree with it, you. It, right? And so what the, the, the challenge is for people who are consistent is, is especially in the beginning, they start an, an activity, they get hung up on the result, they say, this isn't working, and then they move on to the next. And then that begins the cycle of never getting, you know, never, never getting anywhere. It's just this always start, stop. And that is a miserable existence. And I know because I've been there. And it's frustrating, right? Like it takes time to develop skills in any one industry. And I guess I should, I should have probably clarified. I think consistent activity can produce a consistent amount of lead flow. But you're right. I mean, like actually predicting a closing is, is a thousand percent impossible because it requires two different parties, multiple lenders, agents, inspections, appraisals, all that other stuff. But I think, I think you can, I think to a certain extent, you can predict your lead flow and lead volume, uh, but obviously the quality of those is a little bit more unpredictable. Yeah, I, possibly. I'm still going to say, I'm still going to slightly disagree and challenge you in that, again, you know, managing how many leads you get, although it is important, you know, any one month is, not, is just not enough data. And that's why if you look at your business over a rolling 12 months or rolling six months, that's a better indicator because the, the in-between fluctuations of holidays, the seasonality of the business, all that stuff. You know, if you're an agent listening, I mean, just look, have you ever had business? Have you ever been busy when everyone else is slow? And have you ever been slow when everyone else is busy and yet you've been doing the same activities week in, week out? Right. And, and I think the answer is yes, the people who are consistent in their business, it's just part of the business The the real masters, the real professionals don't get hung up on the, on the trust. You know, they're not focused on the result. They know it all works out over time. And that just around the corner is the next wave of business. It's when people don't believe that, right? That lack of belief, that lack of faith. And so they quit or give up or freak out, or worry, you know, right before that wave comes. And then they miss that wave. But I, I think you're, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, anything you look at, it's always better to take that 12-month, that even longer-term perspective. I mean, talk about, you know, real estate prices. If you look at something as, is the what happens if the market goes down next month? That's not a great way to look at things because it's about that 5-year, 10-year, 15-year cycle. 
And anything you look at, oh, sure, anything could go down next month, but that's not always the best way to look at it. But what, another thing you said that really, that really struck me as important for everyone to realize out there is that you recorded and you started recording and monitoring your efforts, how many doors you were knocking. And that I think is important because as soon as you start writing something down or typing it down or storing it some way, you become more aware of it and you become more kind of like dedicated to the act of tracking that. And I think that can be really helpful for people to actually then be able to say, oh, I did it or I didn't do it. Uh, because it's easy to say that you're a door knocker. It's easy to say that you're committed to a strategy, but if you're not recording it, it can be easy to say, oh yeah, I did it once, so I did it. But that's not really how marketing, especially in the real estate arena, works. That's spot on. And the, the other piece of that is, you know, we tell ourselves if you're not, if, if you only, think about this, if you, we'll use the doors, but you can apply this to any of the other activities you mentioned, Facebook messages, postcards, note cards, phone calls, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. If, if I say I'm going to knock every day from now till Labor Day, and I do that, and, but I don't keep track of either the, the, the hours I'm out or the doors I knock on or the people I talk to, then when I get to Labor Day, I could have, although a major accomplishment if I did it every day, but if I wasn't keeping track of how many, then I really have no measure of what I actually did each day, which will make a huge difference in my overall results. And this is what I mean. Let's say, um, instead of focusing on the number of doors, let's just focus on the number of people that I talk to at the doors. And if I'm going to set a goal of 25 a day, um, 25 a day for three months versus 10 a day for three months is just an unbelievable difference, right? In terms of the, the, the total number of people we talk to. And in the end, the total number of people we talk to is what makes the difference in our business for most of us. And um, so not keeping track of that number tells, allows us to tell ourselves a lie, right? Well, I'm doing it and it's not working. No, you're just not spending enough effort, right? You're doing it, but you're not putting in the real effort of what it takes to talk to the right number of people or write the right number of Facebook messages or write the right number of note cards. Um, so keeping track has a lot of benefits because one, you can figure out your metrics, but two, it keeps you from telling yourself a lie that you're just doing it without really recording your effort. Well, and I mean, I think talking about tracking, there's so much more value and there's so much opportunity in the type of information that you track, right? Like, so this works, I think, tracking works for any marketing activity. But, you know, in the example of door knocking, let's record what areas you went to. Let's record what the weather was like. Let's record how many people you actually talked to. Let's record how many handouts you were able to leave. Let's record who you were doing it for and what, what your pitch was that day. I mean, the more of the stuff you start to record then you can track your results on, okay, well, which things worked better? Maybe you find that there's a side of town where the people have lived in their houses for 30 years and they're all ripe to sell, but you might find another area of town where it's a brand new development ever moved in a year ago, no one's going to sell it. And then you're able to figure out the best way to move forward a couple months later, right? Like that data doesn't mean a lot in the short term, but in that six month, 12 month uh, area, you all of a sudden have 30,000 activities to look at to see which ones worked better 
And what are the patterns here? Spotting those patterns is, I think, the difference between someone who's able to master their strategy and someone who's just attempting it. Like, I've been door knocked before, and there have been a couple agents who did a good job. But there have been a lot of people who are just like, hey, I'm here, here to see if you need to sell your house. My broker's telling me to do this. And I'm like, all right, let me give you some help. But now I, now I know. I'll introduce them to you, Stephen. Stephen. That'll be much, uh, much easier. So tell me, you know, tracking, lead tracking, no matter what you're doing, is obviously the key step that I think we want everybody out there working on. But what, you know, where, besides door knocking, what have been some other strategies out there um, that have really worked for you recently? Here's, here, all right, this, and this is going to get more into your marketing. So I, I, I fib a little and I say I don't do any marketing and you can't find me online, blah, blah, blah. And that is mostly true. Here's the one thing I did do that I, 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 I know has made a difference and, I, and I'm already breaking the rule about I, I never really tracked it, but um, I'll tell you why I know it works. <laughs> Give us your secrets. So, we won't tell. Okay. Except for the uh, 20,000 so, people listening. Yeah. It, so I didn't, you know, I got this idea from someone at the core. Uh, I was at a, an event here in Colorado maybe seven or eight years ago. And um, my lender was a coach at the core. Yeah, we're, and, we're with that program too, actually. Great. So, and they talked about, the, uh, I think it's called Letter from the Heart or something yeah. like that. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. Um, and so maybe I can't remember, maybe 2015, I think was the first year I started writing it and I wrote two or three a year. Um, now I am an author now, um, but I, I'm not a bad writer. I'm actually pretty good. And I don't say that, you know, like a pat on my back, but like I, I have a knack for writing something in a way that, that is not uh, pompous or arrogant. Um, but mostly the purpose of those letters was not the way they had intended them. I wrote it as if I was standing at their door and giving them a quick update on Steven and maybe a, sort of my reflections on life kind of combined in one letter. And I write three or four of those a year and I only send them to people that I've met and that I've, and that they actually know my name. People who would so give a when shit. They open, What's that? People that would give a shit. Exactly. And what's happened now is when I miss people at the door, if they get the letter, they feel like I was at the door and we had had a chat <laughs> because they're now up to date on what's going on um, with me. Right? They've, it's a connection back to me. And that doesn't work really if I'm sent, I mean, I've never tried it, but my sense is if I was willing to invest that kind of money and send them to everybody, um, I don't think it would have the same effect because what, what I've used it for is to deepen the relationships I've already spent all this time creating. I've spent all these hours, all this, all these miles of walking to meet and develop all these relationships. And I think it's interesting because like all you're doing it to your past clients and people that you know face to face because for one of the most crucial times in their life, right? Like getting married, buying a house, having a kid, like three of the biggest possible events, you were with them like a lot for that period of time. So you you were imprinted in their memory from being with them from a crucial time in their life. You went deep, but then most realtors stop going deep at that point until they work with them again. Hopefully they work with them again. And I think right. what, what happens is 
you use these letters of the heart to keep them involved with the things you're doing aside from the fact that you're a great realtor who sells houses, etc. And it keeps them engaged in your story. And every single letter that they read, whether they skim it, whether they read the whole thing, whether they get high level points, whatever, they become more invested in you. It's kind of like, I don't want to compare you to like a Netflix show that isn't that good. But like when you watch a Netflix show and you watch seven episodes, whether you love the show or not, you're invested in it. And the likelihood is you're going to see it through till the end. Hopefully there won't be an end for you. But I think the idea, the, the analogy makes sense. If you continue to give people information on what you've been doing, updates, personal family work, all that stuff, they're more invested in you and they're going to be more likely to work with you again because they want to kind of see how the story, how the story unfolds. Well, and you just hit the nail on the head. I usually tell a story and I usually, you know, I've been blessed that I still, I have three great kids and we have a, a really great relationship and we have a lot of fun together, the four of us. And so I, I usually tell a story. The, the letter always starts off with a story. And I'm not um, Stephen King or I would never even say that I'm a great story writer, but I, I do tell it as a story and I, I try very hard to make it not like, and no offense if people do this, I'm not trying to pick on them. And oh, let's pick on why this podcast is all about like social bullying of agents yeah. and lenders who aren't doing a good job. So go for it. Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm not trying to make anybody wrong, but one thing I, I never wanted to come across is that person who's just saying, look at me, look how great my life is. Um, you know, look at me with my kids here. Look at, you know, I never wanted to come sure. across that way. So I'm very careful the way I write it so that it doesn't come across that way. So that people, the, the comments I, that I get from people now, and this is exactly what I'm looking for, they read it and they immediately reflect on 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 themselves and on a story that, that they can relate to. Right. So if I took a road trip, they relate to the last book. You know, when I'm at their door, they're like, "Oh, I read the thing about you and your son with the truck." And oh my, I remember when. Right? And they tell me their story. Right. They see themselves in the story. It, it's just a way for me. Um, so that has 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 been unbelievably helpful particularly during the pandemic when it's not so been, been so easy to get to the doors and see everyone, um, you know, the letters still keep going. And then, and then they call me or email me or whatever. And so we can still stay in communication. I love that. And I'll kind of follow that up with another tip I got from another core agent actually. And so he realized that the hardest part of writing that letter is literally sitting down and writing it. It's, it's coming up with the, the right story that appeals to people and they can resonate with them. But so what his tip was, was as soon as you send that letter out, wait a couple of days and send it back out to your clients, both husband, wife, or a partner and partner, and send it to them as an email. Because that way, the subject line is in case you missed it and they have a second chance to resonate with you. That can become blog content. That You can kind of keep all of those and, and put them all in one place and let people then read back to old, to old ones. And I think there's a huge value in that because if you're doing the hard work I just want to implore everyone out there to take the easy, the easy dissemination pieces afterwards as well. Maybe turn it into a video. You think about your audience. If your audience isn't the letter reading type, do it as a video. If your audience isn't the video type, do it as an email. Like figure figure out how to reuse that content in a meaningful way, and then make sure that you're disseminating it correctly. You know, you're not. I'm not the marketing expert. You are, but I would still steer people to writing a letter because no one gets letters. And if you, if they open it once and they know what it is, 
um, and you can write them decent, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, as opposed to one more video they watch that day, most people don't get a letter in the mail. hundred percent. I'm, I'm kind of advocating it, for doing the yeah. letter and then figuring out a different way to spend the content sure. afterwards. Th- th- yeah. Okay, and, good. All right. And, and then, and then the, the other thing I was going to say is, um, my partner now, um, maybe, maybe not the first year we were dating, but the, by year two, she's, I started, she's much smarter than me, funnier than me, all of the above. And, uh, so I started having her edit and she's, she's very good at this. She's a great editor. And I think my letters, my writing and my letters got way better. And so, uh, yes, everyone may not have a partner that, it, that is, has that skill. So then my, my, my tip would be hire someone, you know, find someone that you can pay a hundred bucks or whatever to be an editor for your letters. Um, I just think, and again, I'm speaking for myself, it greatly improves the quality content, uh, messaging, all of it. And um, so I think having an editor has been the other thing I've done that's made an absolute huge difference. I just don't send anything out without her reading it. I might, the first draft of my book was in shambles until two amazing editors stepped in and helped me realize how I sounded, helped me organize, etc. I think, you know, investing in, in, Great teammates can be huge. And I think another thing, you know, if you don't have like a spouse or a partner that can do the editing for you, yes, hire it out, but try to hire it out to someone in your target market who thinks like your potential clients so that they can at least yeah. give you not only the, the spelling, grammar, organization, but also give you the, this is how I saw it. And this is, might be how your clients see it. I, I Very think that's good. huge. I love, thank you for mentioning the letter of the heart, Stephen. I think that's, it's an underutilized thing because it takes a lot of effort and people don't always like to be raw, but these things work, right? Like door knocking, it's more effort, but we know it works. It's probably the lowest cost, highest return form of marketing that exists in real estate. Um, and it's also a great database builder. So for so many reasons, Stephen, I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to get on the podcast with us today. Um, everybody out there, go on Amazon, check out Doors Open When You Knock. It's an awesome awesome book that'll open your eyes and give you some cool ideas. Steven, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Thanks for listening. The Marketing and Other Markets podcast is proudly supported by Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Funding. Visit them online to see a new type of culture and energy in home lending. For more actionable real estate marketing tips and tricks, check out my book, The Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing, available on Amazon. Interested in being on the show? Reach out to us via Instagram at mattmusket88. See you next time.